This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. Welcome to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie Oxenauter with our buddy from DKPittsburghSports.com, Chris Carter. We're seeing so much of Chris, and that's why we're in a good mood. How are you, Chris? I'm in a great mood. I'm seeing so much of you guys. I always love hanging out with Albie. Well, let's. Uh, we got lots to talk about, and we can really keep it uh, uh, primarily to the Steelers here because this is a not only an important time of the year for the Steelers, needless to say, they just finished one of the most bizarre weeks they've ever had with three postponements. Finally, they got the game in. Then they played the game, and uh, they didn't play that well. I think everybody will agree to that. Um, so let's start with that. And, and I don't want to make excuses for the Steelers. Far be it that I would make excuses for the Steelers. Mike Tomlin said they don't make excuses, and I get that. He's the coach, but, but let's face it. A team as good as the Steelers doesn't all of a sudden look like that team we saw on Wednesday um, without a good reason. And, and I would submit to you that the reason was uh, perhaps three postponements. It's difficult mentally to overcome that and go out and be sharp. You get up for the game. You know how those guys are laser focused on preparation and then they're delayed three times. Doesn't that take an, doesn't that have some type of an effect on them? Absolutely. Routine is a huge huge part of how people prepare in the NFL and all sports, especially, but especially the NFL where every week you come into it and it's not just the players, it's the coaching staff. It's the training staff. It's, it's everybody that's involved in making sure that this team is ready to go on game day. And when you had a specific day, even on a short week, if it was Thursday, you have a game plan, you know, Monday, we're going to get a little, start a little bit earlier, Tuesday, full practice, Wednesday, walk through Thursday, game day, let's rock. And, that was all wiped away, so you have to adjust again. Then they adjusted it to Sunday, and then after that was wiped away, they adjusted it to Tuesday. And then after Tuesday, it's like they moved to Wednesday. It's like you're just – all this do is doing this stopping and starting of how the Steelers can prepare. It holds up what they're able to do. And, and you saw everyone sort of out of funk. The coaches, you know, they were out of funk. The, the players were out of funk. And, again, they'll never take that as, a, as an excuse. But, you know, I, like I saw Colin Coward saying, saying today on, on Fox Sports 1 that – like, oh, the Steelers fans, you know this 11-0 is hollow. What what the heck is it a hollow 11-0 season right now? Like, right, get out of right. here. And, and again, the two – it'd be different if they were coming off back-to-back -back weeks where they struggled against opponents. But they just smoked their last two opponents. And they did struggle against the Cowboys about a month ago. But before that, they've been playing very well. They've taken on two of the best teams in this conference, and the Titans and the Ravens. They've swept the Ravens. They handled the Titans, both of them on the road. So – I'm not too worried about this. I want to see how they bounce back on another on a short week now, getting ready for Monday, and I think that they will. Yeah, and and you know I hear comments like that. In, in fact, I talked to a couple other people uh, who talked to friends that were out of town and haven't seen a lot of the Steelers. You know, the Steelers are on yesterday for everybody to see, and you know many people outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, said, wait a minute, is this the team that we've heard so much about? No wonder they're not high in the power rankings. So the game didn't do anything to help the Steelers with that national perception that they're not as good as their record. But I don't think that matters. You made a great point in the, in the postgame show that uh, it, it doesn't matter. You know, when, when the Steelers barely beat the Browns by only four points the year of Super Bowl 43, everybody forgets about that. When a team wins, when the Penguins win the Stanley Cup, Everybody remembers them hoisting the cup uh, after the clinching game, uh, but they don't remember perhaps the struggles that they had along the way. A game here that they, that they didn't look very good or a game here that they lost. Uh, you don't remember those. You learn from them, but you try not to dwell on them 
and through the ebbs and the flows of the season, that's the way it goes. This game will be forgotten once the Steelers get back on track. I really think anybody who looks at this game with hyper-analysis is, is uh, really reading too much into it. I think they had a bad game. They'd be the first to admit it. Uh, but I think these are problems that can be fixed perhaps just with getting back on some type of a regular track. Yeah, I mean, I'll be the last time they played the Ravens. They played a good game and they won that game. And people were still saying, eh, I don't believe in them. I don't see it. And it's like, I, I don't know what you need to see. The top five offense, the top five defense, that you know, the you know, creating the most turnovers in the league, creating most sacks in the league, or the fact that Ben Roethlisberger's only been sacked 10 times in 11 games. What else do you need to see? And it, they want to see, oh, I want to see a running game. Well, you know what? Kansas City's run game hasn't has been, has been too good. Their defense has given up 30 points twice to the Raiders. This is a Steelers team that finds ways to win in all different facets. And again, that, to me, it's not something that, 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 that you can point at in a box score. It's not something you can hold up on a stat sheet, but it's something that absolutely counts in wins and losses. You take away the ground game, fine. We're going to go to this. We're going to go to the passing game. Oh, you take away these two receivers, fine. We're going to go to these two guys. Oh, you take, you take away – you think you're going you're to run the ball on us? We'll adjust to that. You think you're going to throw the ball deep? We'll adjust to that. They have an answer for almost everything. The biggest thing is, can they adjust to the loss of Bud Dupree? I'm sure we'll get to that very soon. But by and large, this Steelers team is talented – in so many departments, which makes it so tough to beat them because, again, they had their worst game of the season against the Ravens, and they still won. I, I understand the Ravens, oh, the, you know, the COVID and stuff. No one was crying for the Steelers when they had Devlin Hodges, a professional duck caller, calling the plays for him and, and throwing passes last year. No one cared when Stephon Tewitt was out for the, for the season. No one cared – starters out with with ACL tears in Bush and Dupree it's half their linebackers and uh, don't and don't forget Zach Banner their starting right tackle he's missed the entire season basically so uh, you know you can you can we can say oh they're the Steelers the bottom line is they're 11 to no and I don't understand how it's the Steelers you know you say oh we have to make excuses for when they lose but they haven't lost now you're making excuses for when they win get out of here yeah, and I real quickly as we end this segment, uh, I asked Mike Tomlin in his weekly news conference if if there's a positive to the short week, and that is you can get away from that game as quickly as possible. He had a very interesting answer. We know how angry he was after the game. So my question, he said, we're not running away from anything. He said, we recognize what happened. We want to learn from that. I'm paraphrasing, uh, but we're not running away from it. And I think um, that's, you know, you know as well as I do that the psychology uh, comes into play big time when you're an NFL coach. He has to figure out how to get these guys back on track mentally, not so much X's and O's, but mentally uh, back on track before that game with the Washington football team on Monday. Best way to do that is say, hey, look what you did here. We still won the game, but we need to get focused. I think they will be focused when they play the Washington football team on Monday. All right, back. You mentioned Bud Dupree, Chris. We're going to talk about Bud Dupree. Another very, very tough thing to deal with for the Steelers defense. They did it. With Devin Bush, now they're going to have to do it again with the loss of Bud Dupree. We'll talk about that and more when we return on Halftime Adjustments right after this. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie Oxenrider with our partner and our friend uh, Chris Carter from DKPittsburghSports.com on the other end. Continuing the Steelers talk here, Chris. Uh, listen, Devin Bush was tough enough to try to deal with. The Steelers did a pretty good job of that. Now we get the official word from Mike Tomlin, uh, of course, from what we, what we knew right after the game, that uh, Bud Dupree is out for the season. 
this is a devastating blow for for a defense that has really stepped up this year. It really is. I mean, Bud Dupree had eight sacks in ten games, Albie. That puts him on pace for at least thirteen on the season. Um, it, it's a huge blow. And and Devin Bush was one that you could work around because of all the talent they have on defense, especially you know, with the interior guys in the secondary, like Terrell Edmonds, Mike Hilton, Cameron Sutton, those are guys that can fly around the middle of the field and help get cover in those areas. And Robert Spillane really stepped up. Um, but Bud Dupree, uh, you know, he's another level. De- he's where Devin the, – the, the way that De- Bud Dupree's playing at, at edge rusher or was playing at edge rusher when he got hurt is at the level where Steelers fans expect Devin Bush to be very soon uh, inside linebacker. And – I mean, Bud Dupree, he was a supreme playmaker. He turned back the runs to his side. He rushed the quarterback extremely well. He was so explosive and tough to deal with. And uh, now you're asking Alex Heisman, who's played well, Albie, to essentially fill in for a guy who's been an X factor for this team. Uh, and the team does have several X factors still. They, you know, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, TJ Watt, Makeup Fitzpatrick, even Joe Hayden, you could say. But, uh, you know, this is a huge blow still to kind of, and now it's going to allow a lot of teams to sort of roll their protections more to TJ Watt's side. And it will be a real big challenge for Alex Highsmith, a rookie third round draft pick out of Charlotte um, to say, Hey, can you do what you did in short spurts in full games? Um, and that's going to be a lot to ask. Well, first of all, uh, to your point, I, I think it's a, a big bonus that, that Highsmith has seen action and it's not going to be one of those situations where all of a sudden from no game action, he goes to being in there uh, every snap. Listen, I one of the things we've talked about, and I know that a lot of fans out there have thought the same thing. Um, what's stopping this team? And we've talked we've talked off and on all year about, you know, they have to get the running game going, or they need depth at this position, or you know, the one thing has been in the back of everybody's mind, maybe in the front of everyone's mind, has been stay away from injuries, and. Um, you know, you, you're reminded that it happens in an instant. And in the case of Bud Dupree, uh, it, although we knew it when we saw it, but, but it doesn't have to be a, a situation where there's much contact. I mean, and that's very little, no contact. You come down the wrong way and, and right away a season turns. So uh, how much of a blow is this um, from a psyche standpoint? I mean, they lose Devin Bush and they, they, seem to get on with it and, and, and without any too much difficulty uh, to lose another guy that means so much to that defense and was really coming into his own. I'm talking about psyche now. Uh, what kind of a blow do you think this will be? I think it's a, a significant blow, but not significant enough to stop the team from focusing. I mean, Bud Dupree, he was one of the guys, right? Like, you know, over the years, they had seen him go from the guy that everyone said, oh, the Steelers overdrafted him. He wasn't good enough. Then he became a star for the team and now a guy that everyone celebrates. And him and TJ Watt have their own dance celebrations where they, you know, they high-five each other and then do a whole handshake uh, after getting either, either one of them gets sacked. Uh, those type of things get missed in the locker room because you're going to – that's a guy who brought a lot of energy and was had, and knew the defense. You could call out several different things. I mean, heck, the way that the Steelers use their outside linebackers, they line up in the middle part of the field. They'll, they'll, they'll help in different areas, and his athleticism is one that you really can't replace. Uh, you know, one thing, uh, you know, a lot of uh, football nerds like myself, there are different metrics to measure how good a player is, and there's a one measurement called SPARK that's essentially a combination of statistics from your combine when you first entered the NFL to see how explosive you were and how well you changed direction in space. Bud Dupree uh, had one of the highest spark scores in NFL history when he came into the NFL. And that's just showing his raw athleticism. And over the past two years, three years, really, I'd say 
you've seen that that him combine that athleticism with very good to even great at times football technique. And when you when when someone sees that rise, and even with T.J. Watt, knowing that you have a guy on the other side that's going to work as hard as you to, to get to make things happen, that helps a locker room stay together. And it's another voice that when things are going awry, like you know, in a situation where you're you're struggling against the Ravens, and yeah, young guys are like, what's going on? You need those steady voices like Cam Hayward, like Joe Hayden, and you know, would have been like Bud Dupree that say, hey, everybody calm down, read your keys, stay focused, stay on your assignments. We got this. And uh, Bud Dupree wasn't like the biggest vocal leader, but he was certainly a leader on the field. And I think that's going to, that's going to change things for a little bit because now there's going to be more talk about, okay, we got we to gotta protect Alex, Alex Highsmith a little bit. Not that they're going to baby him or coddle him, but you have to realize you could leave Bud out there by himself on the edge and he would lock it down. Now you might try to give Alex Highsmith a little bit more help, and that kind of takes away from your ability to put emphasis in other player, places of your defense. Um, just uh, some final thoughts on this. You know, when we talk about, you know, the what you don't like to think about, but it's a reality of football, and that's injuries. I think everybody agrees that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is a guy they have to keep healthy this year. Um, to, to just, you know, he's leading the way and, and he's been such a great story coming back from his surgery. Um, on defense, you know, there are a number of guys um, and, and you don't want to lose anybody to injury, but, but you've already lost Devin Bush and now you've lost uh, Bud Dupree. But think of the, the, the high-powered talent on defense from Joe Hayden to Mika Fitzpatrick to Cam Hayward, the defensive captain, um, uh, Stephon Tuitt. I mean, there's so many guys on that defense that maybe you get a good feeling that they will rally around uh, each other and they will kind of circle the wagons and, and uh, certainly uh, feel like they can move forward and be that dominant unit. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie Oxenrider with Chris Carter. This is WPXI Now. We appreciate you downloading the app. Now make sure you're with us for all these great shows, including Halftime Adjustments. Chris, let's talk about the stretch run for the Steelers. It's down to five games, but because of this short week, it's very quickly going to be down to four games. Um, the Steelers don't have the luxury of looking down the schedule and, and seeing what they might realistically do. We have that luxury. We can do that. Um, hey, listen, I think they can win a, a, every one of these games, and I think there's a couple games – well, all games you have to look out for, but a couple games in particular that, that could be a challenge. How do you see these final five games in the regular season uh, from a win-loss standpoint? Realistically, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, I think that there's still the chance they drop one, Albie, but honestly, a lot depends on this week for me. If they bounce back this week and play very well against Washington – I think they can go win, win, win all win it all. I think that that's this. This is a big test because now you lost a big player, like you said in Bud Dupree. You, you know, your offense has been sputtering. You're scrambling for answers, and you got a short week. If they turn around and you see this defense put up anywhere from 24 to 30, you know, 30 plus points on Washington, and the defense comes out and, and does what they what they've done for the, most of the season, I think you're going to see this group remain confident and go into this Bills game really tough. The Bills game, to me, is the biggest one on, one on the schedule. Uh, you know, Jenna Harner said it, said it wonderfully on the black and gold zone. You know, their 8-3 and three is a lot different than the Browns' 8-3. and three. And, uh, you know, the Browns are still always a challenge. You know, there's, there's, there's that down the road. Uh, but when you're looking at these last, last five games here, Albie, you're looking at 
like the you know like like we're talking about Washington, who has a, has a very tough defense led by a young superstar and Chase Young at, at the edge rusher position. Um, then you got you know the Bills, who are talented across the board. Uh, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, Tre'Davious White. You got Josh Allen with a cannon arm, Stephon Diggs with you know this superstar wide receiver playmaking ability. Um, and then and then you still got a tough defense in the Colts and a, a Brown team that's resurgent, a, a Bengals team that you think you can probably beat, you know, without you know even with a game like you like you played uh, on Wednesday against the the Ravens. Uh, but here's the thing, Albie. Again, the whole point of the of, of this season is to win the Super Bowl, and the Steelers will all tell you that's our emphasis. We're not worried about looking here, there, or any undefeated record. The biggest thing is them keeping the one seed. They need that bye week in the playoffs. They need that to be what focuses them and gets them gets them ready for whoever's their next opponent. And I think that the, the big thing, is, of course, with that is watching what the Chiefs are doing. The Chiefs are only one game back, but the Chiefs' one loss is to the Raiders, not just a division opponent, but, of course, an AFC opponent. If the Steelers' one game to lose in this regular season was against Washington, it would still leave the Steelers – with the tiebreaker, I believe, because the first tiebreaker that they would yeah. come to would right. be common opponents, which the Steelers, they haven't lost, the, you know, the Chiefs haven't played Washington, so that can't be a common opponent. And then two, it would be AFC opponents, which if the, the if Washington was the only loss of the Steelers, their only loss would be outside of the conference, and that would let them have the tiebreaker. But again, you don't want to put that to risk. You want to control your own fate. That's why the Steelers have to, have to win this game. Yeah, you know, as I look down the schedule, and as I said, I think the Steelers can certainly run the table. I think they also have to be real careful. This is a good defensive team that they're going to yes. face on Monday. Um, you, you know, India's a team that, that, that clearly is a, a challenge for them. Buffalo on the road, that's a Sunday night game, and, and that's on Channel 11, by the way. Um, that goes without saying that that's a challenge. Um, listen, Cincinnati is, is certainly a team they should beat. Uh, but that's one of those division games, and, and it would make Cincinnati's season. You know how this script goes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Cleveland. I think Cleveland could be a very difficult game, especially if Cleveland needs that win uh, in, the, in the, final, the, the final weekend of the, of, of the regular season. Um, that's why I don't think any of them are, are easy. Let me ask you this. Do you subscribe at all to the let error out of the balloon theory uh, as opposed to going in 16-0 and you know, kind of regroup, or maybe perhaps the game yesterday was that let a little air out of the balloon before it pops. Um, you know, there's some people, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but I've heard some people say they have to lose before the playoffs because you don't want to go to the playoffs 16 and 0 and then lose in the first round. Because as we know, I see what you're saying. the playoffs is the only way you judge a team. Uh, this 16 and 0 stuff, uh, it's it's great to to look at it and think about it, but it doesn't really matter. Let's face that. It's a fan perspective, and it's an observing perspective because we don't have any impact on the game, and we don't have any impact on the game. You want to feel like you do. You want to feel, you feel more superstitious, and so you think, man, if we just get that loss out now, that'll be good to get that loss out now. So then, then we'll never lose again. You know, like we we had our one loss. That's not how the real world works, though. And it may feel like that, but the only thing I think that factors in is if the team feels pressure, and if the pressure makes you know more problems for this team. Yes. And that would be the thing where would it be daunting on the minds of, of the players if they're in the first playoff game? Guys, we're 16 and 0. What do we do? This team has risen when, when pressure's been in their face. And case being, uh, you know, a, a perfect example, this defense has had several times where there's you know, like a touchdown would beat the team late in the game and they've held strong. They haven't allowed, I don't think they've allowed a game winning touchdown since uh, last, in, in, the, as, in the final two minutes 
since last year against the 49ers. And that was pretty much, you know, a season. That's, that's almost two seasons ago now. Um, so All right. I, I look at this as a situation where the Steelers, they just have to stay focused, Albie. Yes. They, you know, take it one game at a time, and they will get there themselves. And if they lose, we evaluate why they lose. We don't look at superstition. We say, hey, did they stop the run in this game? Did, you know, what, what, where, where, where were their mistakes? It won't be a big story. It will be, hey, let's look at what happened in these key places. For the record, I don't think you ever uh, are to benefit from losing any game. You win every game that you can. If you're 16-0, and 0, is there pressure? Sure, there's pressure. But if you're the number one seed, there's pressure, even if you have one yep. loss. There's pressure in the playoffs. You win as many games as you can. If you're 16-0, and 0, well, that's even better because that adds a little, a little spice to the soup. But uh, I got to tell you, this is going to be an exciting finish. Not only are the Steelers fighting for the division, which it looks like they're going to win, they're fighting for that number one seed. And, of course, that 16-0 and 0 thing is right there in front it of them. It is. All right, five games to go in the regular season. We're going to wrap up our final uh, thoughts right after this on Halftime Adjustments. And welcome to our final thoughts, final minute here on Halftime Adjustments. Hey, there's nothing else. There's no hockey yet to talk about. Uh, we can't even think about baseball spring training yet. You can't think about that till maybe way later than we normally think about it. There's only football and there's only Steelers in this town because I think people are really starting to get that feeling that this could be something special, Chris. I think it could be something special, Albie. I think people people are starting to run. And the Steelers run this town. I, I don't care what anybody says. When the Penguins are hot, that's fine. When the Pirates are hot, that's great. You know, you had the blackout. And that. But when the Steelers are hot, everybody stops and watches to see it because the Steelers are they, – they define Pittsburgh. When, when you go around the country and you say you're from Pittsburgh, people think Steelers. And, and I think that everyone right now, they're very proud of the way the Steelers are playing and representing the city. And I think it's, it's adding fuel to the fire as, you know, as I mean, people across the country are like, I don't know if the Steelers are that good. And Steelers fans are like, okay, keep going out there and proving it every single week. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to watch, and it's been a great ride so far in 2020, despite all the craziness that's gone with this year. Well, that's a good way to segue into my final thought, and that is this. Uh, you, you grow up with that tradition of whether it's putting out decorations or whether it's getting ready for the holidays any way you do it. You have that and you have the Steelers together, and they kind of go hand in hand. And this year, especially with the way they're going – could be special to bring those things back and maybe get some normalcy into what has been a very, very bizarre year for everybody and challenging year. Thanks, Chris. That's halftime adjustments for this week. Join us next week right here on WPXI Now.